Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. In law school, you take a class called Criminal Procedure, sometimes called Crim Pro. Next time you meet someone going to law school, ask them, hey, how's that Crim Pro working out for you? And they'll know exactly what you're asking. And so one of the things that you study in Crim Pro is the idea of the Miranda warning and at what point does it need to be given? Because they talk about the fact that somebody is being arrested or they're under arrest, they must be Mirandized. So at what point is someone under arrest? Well, interestingly, a couple of people sent me this, out of Colorado, the Supreme Court there, the state Supreme Court, ruled 4-3 that no Miranda warning is necessary for a man despite being repeatedly told he was under arrest. So they told the guy, you are under arrest. And the Colorado Supreme Court says 4-3, well, he wasn't under arrest yet. So (laughs) from coloradopolitics.com, Even though the police warned a man four times that he was under arrest and and told him we are going to take you to jail and stood in his doorway, in essence blocking his exit, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled the man was not effectively in custody at the time. The 4-3 decision from the Supreme Court meant the Longmont officers did not need to read the man his Miranda rights. And therefore, incriminating statements he made while the officers were inside his apartment can be used against him at trial. Citing the officer's conversational tone, the fact that the door was open, and the man's ability to smoke a cigar in front of the police, that meant, well, on balance, the man's freedom of movement was not restricted to the degree associated with a formal arrest. Thus, he was not in custody at the time of the interrogation. So they've now apparently created another category because you can be arrested or formally arrested because the insertion of the word formal otherwise would not be necessary. Uh, One justice disagreed and wrote an opinion for the other three. To her, the majority minimized the most important factor in the 30-minute interaction with the police, and that is that they told him several times that he was, in fact, under arrest. And if you can't believe the police when they tell you that you're under arrest, what can you believe? Would a reasonable person whose only way out of their home was blocked by an uninvited officer after repeatedly being told they were under arrest and had to go to jail really believe that they were not deprived of their freedom to the degree associated with formal arrest And she wrote, I suggest the answer is no. Case, uh, of course, talks about Miranda, the landmark U.S. Supreme Court decision that held that police must provide certain warnings to a criminal suspect before interrogation, namely his right to remain silent and, of course, his right to have an attorney. A violation of Miranda can result in suspects incriminating statements, if any, being excluded or suppressed from the evidence at trial. There was no dispute that the man's questioning constituted an interrogation. Instead, the question was whether he was in custody. So it all happened back in October of 21, when four police officers, four police officers, went to the man's apartment based on claims that he had made threats to somebody. Officers treated the allegations as domestic violence, which, under Colorado law, requires arrest if there's probable cause. So the arrest is coming. 
The man did not answer the door, but instead appeared on a second floor balcony to speak to the officers below. And by the way, this is all captured on body cams. So there's not a lot of dispute about what actually happened. They agree on the facts of this case. The officer said, you have two choices. You can come downstairs or I get a warrant for your arrest. The man denied the allegations and started explaining the story. And a few minutes later, one officer and another officer agreed that they'd leave to get an arrest warrant, while another officer stayed below the balcony and made it clear to the man that he was going to be arrested. We have probable cause. At this time, you are under arrest for criminal mischief and domestic violence. Those words are in quotes. Okay? The courts have accepted these as facts. Don't give me this. Well, we don't know. We weren't there. Well, no. Both sides agree this is what happened. We have probable cause. At this time, you are under arrest for criminal mischief and domestic violence. And that officer repeated three more times that the man was under arrest and that he, quote-unquote, could not walk away from this because the officer's would be liable under the mandatory arrest law. So they're saying you're under arrest and we have to arrest you. And one of them even said, we are going to take you to jail. So at that point, the man grew emotional and asked the officer uh, if he wanted to look inside the apartment uh, for evidence that would clear him of the charges. Uh, The police officer then said, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you you're not going to jail. Uh, if the man who is the defendant here showed him evidence that proved his side of the story, then it will probably change you going to jail. But I'm not going to tell you one way or another. So he made it very clear that he's being arrested. Uh, That officer then entered the apartment, and the defendant did not consent, but another officer stood inside the entryway holding the door open. And at that point, while the man was talking to an officer, Another officer called the one who left to get the warrant and said, you may as well come back because we're inside now. So at that point, they returned and began questioning the man. They did not read him his Miranda rights, and they got him to admit to a potential crime. The officers arrested him, and Boulder County prosecutors charged him with six counts of domestic violence-related offenses. And so he attempted to suppress his incriminating statements, arguing that he was in custody, and police had not given him the Miranda warning. Uh, District Court judge agreed finding a reasonable person in his position would have felt unable to leave. And that's what this hinges on. If a reasonable person would have felt they were unable to leave, at that point you're being held, and the fact that you're being held means you're under arrest, especially if you've been told four times by the police officers you're under arrest, you cannot leave, We are going to arrest you. We are taking you to jail. And by the way, you're under arrest, just to make sure you got that. The Supreme Court now says the lower court used the incorrect standard. Custody is not defined by whether a person is free to leave, but whether their movement is restricted in a way that resembles a formal arrest. There are multiple factors to consider when answering that question, and that's true. But you'd think that one of the big factors would be, have you been told you are under arrest? The Supreme Court acknowledges that the police officer's repeated statements that he was under arrest were significant, but officers also visited the home in the early evening, and they asked open-ended questions, and they even let the man smoke a cigar. 
And apparently the cigar is a big deal because if you're under arrest, you obviously could never smoke a cigar. No one who had their freedom of movement restrained to the degree associated with a formal arrest would reasonably feel like they could smoke a cigar, let alone without asking for permission. So apparently he pulled a cigar out and lit it and he didn't ask permission. And they're saying that right there is proof he was not under arrest. Finally, one of the police officers suggested going to jail was not a foregone conclusion if he had exculpatory evidence. But that's not actually what he said. He said, I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to go to jail. He just said that that might change how things happen. But he said, you are going to jail. The dissenting justices believe the majority failed to recognize the importance of the police officer's repeated assertions that he was under arrest. And they explained that they had an obligation to arrest him under the law. So the officer explained to the man why the police wanted him to come downstairs and why he had to be arrested. That is, he committed a crime of domestic violence, which is a mandatory arrest crime. The majority doesn't even mention that statement, let alone consider the impact it would have on a reasonable person gauging their breadth of freedom. So it goes on a little bit from there. Obviously, it's a complicated case. It's going to go back down for trial, and the man's statements can be used against him because he had not been Mirandized, but it doesn't matter because he wasn't under arrest. And this is one of those inside-out, topsy-turvy opinions where people look at that and go, how is that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. You've got four people on the Supreme Court who want to do you know, whatever's good for the police. It's obvious. And I highly doubt that the average person, if asked before hearing about this opinion, would say that if you drew a timeline of all the things that got done to you during an arrest, you encounter the police, they identify you, they tell you why they've stopped you, they talk to you some more, they tell you you're under arrest, they take you into custody, where in that timeline does the arrest begin? And most people would say, oh, Certainly when they tell you that you are under arrest would be the point at which you are under arrest. I mean, <laughs> I know that there's contrarians in my audience. And in response to that, you can write, no, there aren't. But someone's going to say, no, Steve, it makes complete sense to me. You're not under arrest until they like handcuff you and have you by the scruff of your neck and are throwing you headfirst into the back of a car. That's when you're under arrest. So what does it mean when the officer says you are under arrest? That you're going to be under arrest? Or does it mean, as this court suggests, that there is an arrest and then there's a formal arrest? Because don't forget, there's a thing called detention, where they can detain you before you're arrested. But now there's a third thing, detention, arrest, formal arrest. And I have a sneaky feeling that this formal arrest idea is not going to become a thing. It's going to be a situation where there's one case, they wanted one outcome, they got the outcome they wanted, they passed it back down again, and they're going to kind of forget that they ever did this. Now, of course, it's good precedent, and if you're in Colorado on a case going up to the Colorado Supreme Court, you can cite this case and say, don't forget about that case where you said that a person's not arrested, even if they're told they're under arrest, because they haven't formally been arrested, because the man's smoking a cigar. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, I'm baffled by these things. I really am. 
And some people do say, well, you know, Steve, the Supreme Courts of, of the land, both state level and U.S., uh, often are up in what we'd call an ivory tower, where they spend so much time talking amongst themselves that they start almost developing a different worldview than what they would have had back before they were on the Supreme Court. And most people will look at this opinion and go, that's idiotic. That's idiotic. You cannot say that citizens have the right to ignore police officers telling them they're under arrest because they might not be under arrest. They have to look at the totality of the circumstances as opposed to listening to a police officer's orders. And I would have thought in a law and order society, you'd instead say, the moment the officer says you're under arrest, you're under arrest and you should behave likewise. And that means that you go, okay, I'm under arrest. Mirandize me. That's what happens next when you're under arrest. And so (laughs) that is a majority of the Supreme Court in Colorado says, no, they told the man four times he's under arrest and told him specifically why he's being arrested and that they had no choice but to arrest him, but he's not under arrest because he's smoking a cigar and the door was open. It was blocked by a police officer, but the door was open. So presumably, again, following this logic through, when they told him he's under arrest four times and there's an officer blocking the door, when he lights that cigar, he could have bolted for it, right? He could have, he could have run and ducked underneath the man's arm and gotten free and run away. And when he got away, he could say, well, I wasn't under arrest, right? Right? <laughs> we all know how that would have gone. And the Colorado Supreme Court would not have said, oh, he had the right to bolt because he wasn't under arrest. They'd go, no, he was told four times he's under arrest. He's obviously under arrest. <laughs> so it's a crazy case. Dana and Chad both thanks uh, for sending it to me. ColoradoPolitics.com covered it, but it will be in the news in the d- days and weeks coming because it's such a bizarre outcome. But by a four to three vote, the Supreme Court says, and this is again, the Colorado Supreme Court, says no Miranda warning is necessary for a man repeatedly told he was under arrest by the police and it wasn't necessary because he wasn't under formal arrest, whatever that means. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Map out your future, but do it in pencil. The road ahead is as long as you make it. Make it worth the trip.